This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced Tuesday the government is prepared to spend $46.2 billion on improving healthcare systems across all provinces and territories. RCMP Commissioner Brenda Lucky confirmed the RCMP has not yet charged anyone in its ongoing investigation into four alleged Chinese-led police stations operating in Vancouver and the Greater Toronto Area. Taxpayers were on the hook for a near $40,000 pay bump to the Governor General despite facing myriad economic struggles during the pandemic, according to one taxpayer advocacy group. Hello Canada, it is Wednesday, February 8th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Andrew Lawton. And I'm Rachel Emanuel. We have got you covered with all the news you need to know, so let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. On Tuesday, Justin Trudeau met with provincial and territorial leaders in Ottawa as the premiers looked for ways to deal with what is a universally overwhelmed health care system in this country. Justin Trudeau announced that the federal government would spend $46.2 billion in new money to put into health care systems across all provinces and territories. The new fund includes $19 billion in unconditional annual payments, $25 billion for bilateral healthcare agreements between the provincial and federal governments. The agreement with each province will need to be centered around priorities set out by the federal government and participating provinces and territories will need to track their investments and report the results back to Ottawa. This is a 10-year funding initiative, but $2 billion is marked for immediate release to help the healthcare systems, which right now, you just look in the news, are struggling in real time here. Uh, Is this something that is really throwing money at the problem? Or do you think there's actually the opportunity to have liberals, conservatives, NDP working together and make some real changes here? It doesn't seem like it's a solution that's working so far. The premiers were not at all happy with this announcement. We know that Quebec Premier Francois Legault said he doesn't want conditions on how the money is used. He said, quote, we want us to be able to apply our plan. We already have a plan for healthcare in Quebec. Not really a huge surprise that Quebec is unhappy with the terms and conditions the federal government is applying. I did think it was interesting that the federal government is setting the priorities that the provinces will need to follow. I think the provinces probably have a better idea of the healthcare issues and the problems plaguing their systems. And then Ontario Premier Doug Ford took issue with the amount of funding. He said it's a starting point and that he'll have more questions moving forward. Nova Scotia Premier Tim Houston also echoed that statement. So we're not seeing a lot of good responses from the provinces so far, even though it does seem like quite a hefty amount of money right now. I know the premier in your province, Danielle Smith, has talked about really trying to turn the conventional healthcare model up on its head and uh, put in some more innovative changes. The healthcare spending account was a big part of her pitch for the UCP leadership. Would this money actually perhaps help her do what she set out to do in Alberta? 
I think here in Alberta, we're going to see the same thing where they don't want the federal government determining how our money is being spent in the province. They want to have more autonomy over their systems and how the money is being spent. So again, I think they're going to have a similar approach to the province of Quebec. And they're going to be happy with the funding that they're receiving, but they're not going to want to have the federal government telling them how it needs to be used. Yeah, and that's the whole old uh, line about he who pays the piper calls the tune. Exactly. But in this case, you know, I think the provinces are also unique and they all have unique issues facing the provinces. In Alberta, for example, a big problem that we're seeing here is ambulance wait times, just taking people way too long to get an ambulance. And, you know, the premier has already started applying a plan to fix issues that she's outlined in healthcare. And we're seeing some progress being made on that. There's still a lot of work to be done, of course. She hasn't been in office for a very long time. But I think it's up to the premiers to really analyze and assess what's going on in their province and apply a plan that they see fit. I don't think the federal government needs to get involved here. I think the federal government has their hands in everything nowadays. It's best to just leave some of the things up to the province. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it... A real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. No arrests have been made in the ongoing investigation of four alleged Chinese-led police stations operating in Vancouver and the greater Toronto area. RCMP Commissioner Brenda Lucky revealed the shocking detail while testifying at the Special Committee for Canada-China Relations on Monday, alongside Public Safety Minister Marco Mendicino. Lucky confirmed that neither criminal nor diplomatic penalties have been levied as a result of the RCMP's months-long investigation. The RCMP officially announced the investigation last November. Lucky said the delay is due to a complex investigation process. She said RCMP cannot easily convert intelligence into admissible evidence making it hard to file criminal charges. She also confirmed RCMP know the location of each alleged station and have sent uniformed officers to the stations in order to cause a disruption. Here's what that sounded like. Uh, Has anyone been arrested or deported or have any uh, credentials of diplomats been revoked in response to uh, these police stations operating in Canada? No, if any of that had happened, then I could speak more to it if there was any charges laid, but uh, that is not the case. So so no charges laid. Uh, Perhaps the minister can comment uh, of whether there's been any diplomatic credentials removed from anyone involved uh, uh, from the PRC. Um, I would echo the uh, response that you got from the commissioner, which is to say that if there are any uh, actions which are taken, then the government will share that information when when we can. Okay, so nothing has been shared, therefore we can conclude that no one's been arrested or credentials removed. Is that correct? Andrew, this is such a crazy story. It's been a crazy story since we first heard about these alleged Chinese police stations. What exactly is the purpose of them? And are you surprised that the RCMP haven't laid charges at this time? Well, I'm not even sure it's illegal or at least a criminal matter that the RCMP is able to deal with. I I think this is a diplomatic issue. I think this is a a national security issue. I, I think that the federal government could be and should be taking a leadership role in saying that we want you out of here. You have no right to be doing this. And I I think that this is something that we could have political leadership on instead of just doing the old thing of hiding behind police investigations and say, oh, well, we can't direct law enforcement. I mean, this is something that is bigger than just a, a conventional police operation, in my view. When we talk about a diplomatic approach, I don't think we've seen a hard line from the Trudeau government to the Chinese government. I think we've seen, you know, a lack of action there. 
Are you surprised that we haven't seen that diplomatic approach that you think needs to be taken until this point? And do you think that would be successful in actually having these stations being removed from the country? Well, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, this is a government that has a a giant China-sized blind spot. You know, the old line that I know people on the right like to bring up all the time, but I think for good reason, is Trudeau lauding the so-called basic dictatorship of China because he sees it as being a more efficient form of government to do things here. Look, China knows that it can get away with being the bully, but it only gets away with it because you have people like Justin Trudeau and the uh, foreign minister of Canada, Melanie Jolie, that are not not taking the hardline stance. So if they were to stand up there and say, you know, get out of our country, I don't know how China would respond. But certainly doing nothing, which is uh, probably where we're closer to on the spectrum, isn't achieving anything either. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Have you received a $40,000 pay raise since the onset of the pandemic? Probably not, unless you happen to be Canada's Governor General, in which I thank Her Excellency Mary Simon for tuning in to The Daily Brief. According to the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, the Governor General's salary rose to $340,000 after three years of the pandemic. This is courtesy, of course, of the Canadian taxpayers. CTF Federal Director Franco Terrazano said, quote, the government continues to rubber stamp pay raises while Canadians are asking themselves if they can afford a package of ground beef. The Governor General's salary is paid through the Canadian government's Consolidated Revenue Fund, which of course is made up from the revenues of taxes and tariffs. And not to get too into the weeds here on Canada's constitutional monarchy, but uh, the Governor General is the stand-in for His Majesty the King in the United Kingdom. So, I mean, my argument would be they should be on the hook for any such pay increases here. Uh, You know, look, no one wants the politicization of a role that is supposed to be apolitical, but there needs to be some democratic oversight on these pay increases when they're going up so significantly, I think. Absolutely, there does. I'm tired of seeing these types of stories, and I can only imagine that Canadians are tired of seeing them as well. And Terrazano is exactly right. We're constantly reading about these types of raise in the media Meanwhile, Canadians are going to the grocery store and they're kind of humming and hawing if they can afford beef that week or if they should offer something a little bit cheaper. And a $40,000 raise is significant. We have to remember that most Canadians are making between fifty dollars and $60,000 a year. So that's almost the annual salary for a single Canadian. And often people are providing for a family off of two wages like that. So Canadians are tired of seeing these types of headlines and money just being doled out to people in government so freely, it seems, while Canadians are struggling every single day. Well, and the other thing I would add, too, is that there is a large operation that is supporting the governor general in his or her work. And we've also seen significant issues with the office and admin expenses for former governors general, people that don't even have a a service role to speak of, people like Julie Payette or Adrian Clarkson, who are still racking up hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars a year. So there does need to be, I would argue, and you may have a different thought on this, a, a complete 
reevaluation and, and public in, inquiry, if you will, maybe not uh, uh, as a formal inquiry, but at least a political inquiry into how we deal with governor general compensation and expenses. No, I agree. It seems ridiculous that we're allowing former governor generals just to continue to bill taxpayers endlessly, you know, especially when they've been dismissed from their job under seemingly unflattering circumstances. And, you know, for even for the governor general who's currently in office, they have a large budget to pull from. They have travel expenses. It's a very luxurious lifestyle they get to live, certainly the type of lifestyle that most Canadians can't even imagine. And then they're raking in this enormous salary at the same time, all at the cost to Canadian taxpayers. Just kind of makes you give your head a shake and wonder, are you really getting, you know, service for value in these cases? Yeah, very much said. Value for money. What a radical concept for uh, Canadian taxpayers to start caring about. But uh, definitely an opening for political leaders in this country. That is it for today. Do not forget to check in at tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful day.